Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 16. You might need a horseshoe for this hurdle. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Julia as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Ah, you know, doing super well, super nervous. I think that's pretty obvious for most people who come here. Um, but excited to be here and excited to do this. It'll be great. You have a lot of energy, so it's going to go well. <laughs> Don't worry. At the beginning, everybody's a little nervous, especially myself too. You know, talking to somebody new and trying to figure out what's the right groove to go with. But Who I knows feel- what's going to come out of her mouth, right? Yeah, who yeah, knows? Yeah, future jobs, you know, just... I'm going to be careful what I say. <laughs> but so today we are going to talk about your hobby, which is equestrianism. Nailed it. Nailed the pronunciation nice. right there. But before we do that, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. So my name is Julia. As Alex has said there, I'm 23 years old, a part-time student and part-time cashier at our local grocery store, which is how Alex and I met. I interrogate him and his family every time they walk in. <laughs> so that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about your hobby, which is? So most commonly known as horseback riding. Equestrian is also, that was really bad. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just fix that. I should probably say the other one. Equestrian. So which is also known as horseback riding. And how did you get introduced to horseback riding or equestrianism? Um, So I started riding when I was around nine years old. And I'd been around barns all my life. Um, So my mom has always had the horse bug. She's been super obsessed with horses since she was a little kid. So as she was, as she grew up, she became always going to the barns and got her own horses as she was older. And then when she had me, she started bringing me to the barns just as a young kid. So I've been around barns all my life. Um, And then the older I grew, she started to be thrown on the horses when she was done riding. So I got super comfortable. And then it just kind of grew from there. Around 10, I got my own pony. And I started, I know, best 10th birthday gift ever. Um, Nothing will ever beat that. Um, Then I started riding more seriously, like every other day, and it became my life. So thanks to my mom, really. Did you get to name your first pony? No, she already had a name. Her name was Joey, but she was was pretty awesome. She was pretty awesome. She came when she was called. So it was like having a giant dog. That's great. And I'm glad you keep doing it and you're in love with your passion, your hobby. And it was just your mom that introduced you to it. Or was there any other influences? Like, did you see a horse on TV? And you're like, I'd like to ride that one day. Well, I think like as a kid, like as a girl, pers- like most, oh, not mostly, like I'm definitely a girl. Most girls are um, into horses. Like it's a, kind of like a fad, like Barbies, like you have that horse obsession. Um, so I definitely had that a bit. Um, but I also ended up having, when I started taking lessons, had some really good coaches and they were really inspiring people. And I wanted to be as good as they were and be able to do the things that they could do. So that totally fostered the wanting to draw the to ride and the drive to ride like substantially more. So I have to I have them to thank as well. And like I still talk to some of them and they're doing great. And I think once you get the horse bug, you don't really ever get rid of it. And the community is tight around here. Uh, is there a big community or is it more like a family? Like, it's definitely a tight-knit community um, in this Ottawa area, particular, um, not particularly um, for, like, that the discipline that I was in because there's several dis- different disciplines, right? So the show jumping community is really near Toronto and everything, whereas all the big-time riders and everyone live, and it's a beautiful city. So you walk on the showgrounds up there, and you know everybody. You'll be like, oh, this person's in the ring. And they're like, oh, we heard they got a new horse. It was this person's deal. It's full of gossip. But like, so up up there in the north part, it's pretty tight knit, which is also really good because, you know, like someone's got your back. Like I get, I remember jumping a course 
and like totally forgot where I was going mid-course. I was like, I didn't know if I was going left or right. And like someone else's coach started yelling at me the directions to go, right? So she was trying to help me out. And like I was competing against her student. So that was like really nice. That's pretty cool that even though you're competing against each other, you have this sense of it's something we all do for fun. We're all passionate about. Let's help each other out kind of deal. I like that. Yeah. And like if you fall off, everyone's like, all right, join the club. We all fall off all the time. That's what happens. You just got to get back onto the horse. <laughs> Literally. The, yeah. the expression, yeah. Uh, what would you say is the best part about horseback riding for you personally? Uh, okay. There's just so many good parts. I think it's probably like either like that moment when you're just totally in sync with your horse. where you're just like on the same wavelength. You're like telepathically like saying what they're going to do and they just know what you're going to do. And you have that like perfect show round or that perfect movement executed. And it's just like, this is what we've been working for. <laughs> you didn't hear that. My bad. I dropped my phone. <laughs> so this is what we've been working for. This is what we've been working towards. And that's probably like on the more athletic kind of side that I like the best. Um, on a more like personal and like emotional um, more and more recently, which I'm not sure what this says about my life, um, but when you have a bad day and you just need something to turn yourself around, whenever I go to the barn, I don't even have to be like, hi, Loki or whatever. Like if he just hears my voice, like talking out loud, thinking something through, he like does his little neigh, his little knicker and he starts kicking the door because he's excited to see me. And it's a really great feeling knowing that you can walk into this, to the barn and know that this animal loves you unconditionally that you don't have to be anyone for them. You are good enough, no matter how you feel about yourself that day. And I think that's a really underrated thing about horses. And you just said your horse's name, Loki, right? Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, how long have you been with Loki and how did you come up with his or her name? His name. His name. So he came with his name, um, Loki, like God of mischief, right? Mm -hmm. And we're like, yeah, that's really funny. Oh my God, is it accurate? He is the escape artist. He gets out of his stalls. He tears everything off the other stalls. So when he coming in the morning, the barn is just a mess. He leaves the barn. Like they found him in the woods one time. Like, I don't even, I don't know. They didn't tell me this till like a week later because I would not have taken it well that morning, right? So he's just, he's, he's, he's great. He's amazing. I've had him for like eight years now. Oh, wow. Yeah, we've been together a long time. He's definitely my boy. So... And he's not going anywhere. He's the family pet. Like, I make all my friends ride him now because he's, he's the pony ride horse. Could you describe what he looks like? Uh, to, for me to get like a more vivid image of what he looks like. Okay, so he's like, imagine your, your classic dark brown. So like, that's his color. Mm -hmm. And then he has a pretty fine head and a long skinny neck. He used to be quite fit. He's a little bit like a potato on stilts right now. He's a little chubby. It's Thanksgiving that just passed by. Absolutely. Yo, Absolutely. <laughs> The guy, like, we don't want him to waste away going into winter here. Um, then he's got black mane and tail. And he has no white on him, which is pretty unusual. They usually have some white, except for on his, the very edge of his hooves. Um, he's got this white band on two of his hooves. And on the band, he's got these, like, black polka dots. Which, I don't know. There's a word for them. I don't know what it is. It's, kind, it's just weird. Um, but he's a... Uh, He's like, I don't want to be, you know, biased or anything, but he's a very good looking horse. He's the best of the best. Absolutely. All the mares get in a tizzy for him. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
I could be a little ignorant here, but I'm guessing it's, there's different types of species of horses, right? Or yeah. So, so what species or type of horse he is he? What breed? Breed. Thank you. That's there the word I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, species. <laughs> Do that too. Um, so he's a Holsteiner. So they're originally a European breed, which is like where a lot of the main show jumping horses come from is from Europe. Um, they just have really prominent bloodlines there. Um, but for horses, like as a general species, there's like warm-blooded, hot-blooded, and cold-blooded. They're not actually, like cold-blooded horses aren't actually cold-blooded. They're mammals. They're obviously warm-blooded. But they do that on like a bit more temperament and like having hot blood is like being antsy and tense and kind of stuff. So you have a few of those. You have your warm-bloods, which is the mix. And then your cold-bloods are like your big like Budweiser Clydesdales, right? Just like cool as a cucumber. So that's what it is. But he's a Holsteiner and which means he's pretty awesome. Have you always had the same breed throughout your life or? Um, roughly. We've ha- always had um, European horses. So we had a Saint-Francais and we had a Dutch Warmblood and then we have our Holsteiner now. Um, same kind of area, same. Just for what we, the discipline that I partake in and my mother did, um, they had the best, the best bloodlines, the best um, breeding and they just tend to be the most successful and their temperaments are usually good. Just quite helpful. And what were your past horses' names, if you don't mind me asking? I had Joey the Pony. And then I had, um, oh, this is really horrible. Her name was Peanut, which is, uh, and she was massive. Like, she was, she was massive. So I don't know why the, the Peanut thing came. I had a horse named Calvin. Um, I leased him. And then I have a pony right now named Milton. So I love him so much. <laughs> I bet you he has a lot of energy. Now he does. He's getting into his like awkward teenage years where he's just like trying to buck me off every two steps. And then go to his room and listen to music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Storm off. Yeah. Pretty much. But he was kind of an impulse purchase that um my dad wasn't too happy about. But you are. But I am, exactly. yes. Exactly. That's what, that's what matters. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so to switch a little bit to the activities done with the horse, what would you say is your training routine usually? to practice for an event or to get better? Okay, so in my like competing, my serious competing days, I probably rode around five or six times a week. And like any sort of athlete, you have to do your cardio, your strength, and your flexibility. Um, So I feel a lot of people don't realize you have to work on flexibility with a horse. You need to supple their rib cages and their sides. So I'd have two days kind of dedicated to solely flat work where I'd ride and work on lateral movements, transitions, lots of interval training, funny enough. Lots of going and stopping, going and stopping, just so they could become more elastic. And this allows them to be a bit more balanced, easier to ride, all those things. And then we'd have some times where we focus on our jumping. Um, We'd have a more technical day where I focus on proper ways to turn, um, just like getting ourselves in the right position, and executing sort of accuracy and those kind of things and just finessing our whole general ride. Well, and then we'd have one more day where we'd do jumping, but it'd be a bit more like an actual show. So it'd be more of our, what I call cardio. So we'd be going at like 10 out of 10. We'd be doing the best we could, like we were actually at a show. <laughs> it's okay. A lot of people hit the mic. It's okay. <laughs> it's like, oh they, people God. just hate the mic. They either want to make out with it or hate it. So, you know, story of a relationship right there. <laughs> Um, and then I have like one day where I dedicate to just like hacking, which would be just bumping along, no pressure. Cause they're like humans, like there's mental health that you need to take into account. 
they get anxious, they get overworked. So it's nice to just let them relax and we go walk up and down the hills through the water, look at the beautiful scenery. Loki would freak out at some squirrel on the ground because evidently those are quite scary. But it's just really important, I think, also that they get to that opportunity to stretch and rebuild and everything. Is it hard to make a horse stretch or they... If that makes any sense, do they, do you like try to force them into position to try to st- stretch the muscle or massage it? So yeah, horses do actually get massages and have osteopaths and those kind of things, which is kind of crazy. Like your elite show horses probably have like more self-care than most of us do. It's wild. Um, but yeah, it's actually really hard to make a horse move in the proper way to use its body correctly. Um, because, you know, usually that means in building muscle and becoming off balance to begin with. And until it gets to be the new normal and like anyone, no one likes doing something that's uncomfortable, even if it's better. So it takes a lot of time to get them to build strength and to be able to move the way they should be moving. That being said, some horses are definitely better than others. The way you're built is totally different. So. Okay. Now you're saying the way they're built is totally, totally different. What would you say is your connection with Loki as in what is your strong points? Are you guys better in speed, agility? Uh, technique, if that's a thing to ask. What's your strong... What's our, what's our strong thing? Yeah, like the thing you, you excel in. Loki and I are really good. We're working in dressage. So that's like what you see on the ground. Like the horse dancing kind of is the best way I can describe it to people. Mm-hmm. So we put a lot of time into our lateral movements and our transitions and our PF, which is like when they kind of jump up and down on the spot. Um, and then Loki had a lot of schooling with that when he before we imported him because he was originally from germany so before i got him he was really good at that so he excelled at that and then we both kind of had like he we thought he broke his leg so he was it's better miracle horse the guy's alive he shouldn't be but he's alive miracle horse he um wasn't able to jump anymore and then i had my crash so i couldn't jump anymore so now the last two years we've been working on working on this and i think we're better at this than we were at jumping together because jumping together, we both kind of got anxious. So this is about way we've both found our ways to relax and still move. So our dressage is probably our best point right now. Okay. And at one point you were saying that in your competitive days, so you no longer do competitions or do you still do it? Or do you prefer more leisure or competition? Sorry, it's like a two-part question. All right. I I can answer both parts. Perfect. Um, so I used to compete. I was seriously competing. I was driving to Toronto, like to in Toronto back in one day just to ride, which is really hard on gas. Um, and I listened to a lot of books on tape. It's probably, and I was competing with, um, a woman named Erin Ballard. So if anyone who's in horses would hear this, they'd know who this would be. Um, she was fantastic. And, um, I did a lot. I did it for 10 years. I was competing and I was trying to get to the most elite level that I could, right? And then I got to the point where that wasn't fun anymore. I started to just, I had to ride perfectly. The course had to go perfectly. And there was just so much pressure that only I put on myself. Like I want to, nobody enforce pressure on me, but myself. So it just got to really unhealthy and like toxic. And it was to the point where I was obsessive about things. And I didn't have any friends. I didn't have, I just wasn't doing like, proper schoolwork, it just became all consuming. And I kind of like came to the realize that it wasn't worth it anymore. If it wasn't fun, if I couldn't go in the ring and come out in one piece and be happy about it, I'd go in the ring. And if I didn't win, it was game over. 
So I was like, this needs to stop. So I stopped doing that. Now I just ride for fun. I ride to just be better myself, not to be better to show anyone that. And I've started training young horses and young ponies. And I found that to be a really good, <laughs> I'm really liking hitting this mic. And I found that to be a really good niche for me because I can still get that same goal, but it's not in the, with other people watching, it's not in a competition mindset. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And <clears throat> going, well, not just competition, but for the fun aspect as well, do you prefer doing it indoors or outdoors? Or does that have an impact on, let's say, the wind resistance or the feeling or? Oh, yeah. No, being inside versus outside has a total difference. When you're inside, you don't get the elements, right? But on the offhand, your turns are coming up way faster than when you're on the inside. There's usually way less room. When you're outside, you're at the risk of risk, at the mercy of the wind, the snow, the rain which can alter your ride completely. You can have like, if it's raining, you're not gonna be able to see as well and you don't wanna miss your distance as much because you may slide and that could be really bad. The wind may make things flap, which will startle the horses. So it pays a big difference. And often when you're outside, the footing's not even. So you're going downhills, you're going uphills, which changes the horse's balance, which you need to adapt your ride to keep the horse properly balanced. That being said, riding outside is so much better than riding inside. <laughs> Yeah, the wind in your face. Oh, I get yeah. it. It's so so speaking about losing your footing and stuff like that, what are common injuries for people who do horseback riding? Not just for the people, but for the horse as well. Um, It's pretty... Okay, so we'll start with riders. Yeah, you're going to fall. You're going to get a concussion. Like, if you're jumping at some serious level, like, I don't know anyone who hasn't either got a concussion, most commonly, or broken some sort of bone. Like, that's... Unfortunately, when you're really competing, that's part of it. A bruised tailbone... A bruised ribs, you know, a sore elbow. That's pretty common on everyday kind of riding. Like that's your risks. You're riding a thousand pound animal with its own mind. It's gonna, you're gonna have disagreements, right? Um, for horses, um, straining their muscles is really common. Getting abscesses in their feet. There's one like navicular where the bones don't, aren't in the right spot so that they become lame and sore. Um, trying to think of some more common ones that come up mm. broken bones for the horses as well or that's pretty uncommon really okay honestly um like so that happened to loki and that was really rare he had some sort of fracture um that's really rare. and usually when that happens if it's in their legs they have to be put down because they can't really not do anything they can't really do anything about it but mostly i'd say inner injuries around the the stifles which is in the back in the back so if they're jumping a lot that they're either become loose so that their gates uneven or they become super tight it's also uneven <laughs> to the other way are pretty common things but there's some that are just easily avoidable like you know put shoes on your horse if it's competing a lot so it doesn't step on things um stretch them properly let them cool down those kinds of things so Things that people should know if they're in this or doing this as a hobby or as a career or as a sport. Exactly. Like you don't turn your horse out. Like if you have a serious competing horse, as sad as it is, they get turned out by themselves. Like they don't go in a group because one's going to fight. One's going to kick the other one or one will bite the other one. And then you're like, well, there goes my chances at making this competition. Really? They will disqualify you if your horse bites another horse? Like your horse can get injured from being out in the paddock with that. Oh, Okay. No, wow. they don't disqual. They only disqualify you if you don't finish the course. It's like before a boxing match where they just meet up and then, you know, oh that conference. Yeah, exactly. The horse is just. Oh, God. Wow. Okay. I did ride a horse that in the warm up ring would just take off at other horses. And it was really horrible because she wouldn't tell. Like, 
I knew when she was going to do it, but I didn't know how to warn people that she was about to turn around and take off. And it wasn't fun. We tried to find no people around when we warmed up. So that would be kind of a stressful moment for you, right? Yeah. I was like, I'm going to take out this Olympic (laughs) rider right now and end his career. Yeah, that's going to go well. Speaking of which, are there anything else that stretches, not stretches, stresses you out about uh, equinism? No, horseback riding, which is again the... You can do this. You can do this. I can do this. Equestrianism. Equestrianism. There we go. Yeah. Is there anything that stresses you out about that? Anything that stresses me out? Well, I'm kind of always a stressed person, so I'm sure there's always something that's going to stress me out. Um, I get nervous riding other people's horses, which is somewhat a new development for me. I wasn't always this way. I used to love riding other people's horses. And now I'm just a little more cautious. Maybe, you know, I've had a few falls. I'm getting quite old. Um, <laughs> um, so I get nervous a little bit riding other people's horses, especially if they're watching. Because I'm like, yo, they're totally judging if I'm doing a good job or not, right? Which, you know, if they're asking me to ride their horse. They clearly think that I'm capable to do this for them or they have nobody better. Um, so I'm doing it as a favor to them. But I definitely get really nervous riding other people's or riding in front of people. It's like uh, when you're taking care of your own child, it's like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. But the moment you take care of somebody else's child, like, okay, got to be careful. I don't want to get judged by the parents. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) I am taking care of their child for sure. (laughs) So So when you do get stressed, what do you do to relieve your stress? Do you get on the horse or do you pick up another hobby or you go for a walk, take some rest? What what is your go-to de-stressor? Oh, I have the most embarrassing go-to de-stressor in the world. Oh, my God. Okay, then if you don't want to talk no, about it. Okay. It's, the it's fantastic because I highly recommend everyone does this. So I, uh, when I get stressed when I'm home, because usually once I'm stressed at the barn, like I'll try to like do some breathing, you know, get calm. But I need to like really de-stress. I open up YouTube. And I'm a big, to preface this, I'm a big sucker for America's Got Talent and those kinds of TV shows. The Voice, you name it, I love it. Like, oh my God, it's so embarrassing. My parents, same thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) So at least I'm not alone in this. But I will go on YouTube and search like the best auditions. Like the ones that are the most surprising. Like that Susan Boyle thing. I have seen that like 12 times. Like this week. And it's because I just find it so, I don't know why. They just make me so happy. I'm like, yo, look at this success story. Look at this person doing this. I wish I could sing. I can't save my life. So it's, but like. I'm obsessed. And now I enforce this on other people. So if I find a good audition, yo, it's going viral to all my friends. It's to the point where they're like, Julia, like, stop. It wasn't that great. <laughs> like, he's not, he didn't even make top three. But I'm like, no, look at the beauty of his story. Like, he's blind and has no fingers, yet somehow he's playing the piano, right? I love those kinds of things. You like the underdog story. Yes. Yes. So that's just how I, and then I get swept up away in their world and imagining their lives and listening to this amazing performance. And then I come out and I think about... Yeah, I really am not musically inclined is what I think, but. Well, I do have a studio here. And if you ever do want to record, we can practice that. Oh, man. Jam sash. Here we come. (laughs) (laughs) But back to the horseback riding. Are there any misconceptions about people who do it? Oh, my God. The one I get. I have two. The one I get all the time. The horse does all the work. Yo, that is not true. The horse does not do all the work. Everyone always says this. Yo, you're you're sitting on a thousand pound animal trying to convince it to do something it doesn't want to do. Don't tell me that that's not work. So that really drives me insane. Of course, you know, they're doing work too. It's a partnership. There's a 50-50 here. They're responsible for getting over the fence, but you're responsible for pushing them forward and holding them back all at the same time and putting them right in the right spot before they take over. Yeah, so it's a, 
that's definitely up there. And I'm like, I wish people could see my face talking about this because I get heated. Uh, get a camera, get a camera. <laughs> <laughs> Mad heated. And this other one, like, I'm not sure it's a misconception, but I think it just needs some clarification. So, like, as I go on in my years, like, everyone makes the joke about, you know, when you get married, your husband's going to be second to you, second to you because the horse will always be first. That is absolutely true. Like that, the whole, like if you're getting involved with someone who's in horses, the horse always come first. You'll come home and be like, hi, honey, we're having Mr. Noodle for the fourth time again, but Loki needs his third extra blanket. Like that's where all our money's going. So sorry, but that's what it's going to be. So I just want to clarify that for anyone wondering that horses are always number one. And speaking about horses being number one, you want to take care of them. I asked, what do you do when you get stressed? But what do you do when your horse, like Loki, gets stressed? How do you help him relax? Well, I just try to reconfirm that he's a good boy. Whatever's going on is not threatening, that he's going to be okay. We go for, I let the reins go so he can stretch his head. We walk over. If it's something that he's scared of, I get off and I hand walk him over there so he can go take a look at it. He can go be okay. Be like, yep, this jacket hanging on a coat rack is very scary. Here, come pet it. Um, So we do that kind of things. Um, Really just, and then if it's, he's more like um, an anxious kind of like antsy, so much energy. I just try to keep his mind busy, keep get him over poles, changing direction, lots of bending so that he can't focus on whatever's making him anxious. If all else fails, you know, we get off and we just go for a nice brush in the barn. He has a nice little bath and he looks and smells lovely. So it, it helps both of you relax. Exactly. And we both smell nicer after it. Very, there you Win-win. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, another question I had was, how did uh, equestrianism have an impact on your life? Um, I learned a lot of patience. I'm not a patient person by nature, for sure not. So working with an animal where we don't speak the same language, where we have to learn to communicate and get things done without being able to tell him exactly what I'm doing or reconfirming if things are okay or not, um, taught me to be very patient and understanding and have more compassion and keep calm. Taught me a lot of those kinds of things. Because when you're going around on a course, you can't tell them, hey, the fence is a right-hand turn and it's going to be a big water one that you're scared of. I don't have any way to warn him of this. So I guess it was also um, spending time and building relationships, fostering some sort of bond between us because he will get to that and be scared. And I'm going to have to tell him that he's okay and he's going to have to trust that she's right. I'm going to be okay kind of thing. So... I think that was really a great thing as well that I learned a lot from that. Okay. Well, that's good. And you're always learning, right? Always. They're always keeping me on my toes. Um, Do you want to use your hobby as something to escape from reality or share it with the world? In other words, if somebody came up to you and was like, I want to learn more about equestrianism or horseback riding, can you show me the way? I guess probably both. Like, I love... Like for me personally, it's definitely getting out of my headspace and into a new positive one. It's definitely stepping away from where I've been and not caring about myself anymore, but caring about something else, which I think is good. That being said, if someone were to come up and be like, hey, I'm interested in horseback riding and blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, oh man, sure. I'll totally, I'll take you out to ride. Let's go, let's go try it out, right? I'm always about including more people in it, like. It's just like, I feel like everyone should experience it once, right? It's not exactly something you come by a lot or easily. And that 
it's just super fun and it, you just learn so much and you kind of see how therapeutic they are and it's just awesome. So there you have it. If you want to learn, Julia is the person you need to go to. I got you. I got you guys. <laughs> now, speaking about learning, did you ever at one point were curious about the history of equestrianism and you just started looking up things? And if so, did you find anything that striked you as very interesting and you didn't know about? It? Let's say the queen was a grandmaster, I don't know what's the title, but a, a champion in 1950, but kept it low key. Fair. Um, so I like, as a kid, every project I did was about horses, right? Every single project. And I guess what I found really cool, which I looked this up today, and there's like, there's been some like debate that, but when I knew it was horses were not actually native to North America, which I thought was kind of cool considering like North America is one of the most prominent places that you find horses and that you find competing horses kind of thing. Um, that they came over during some sort of Spanish revolution or whatever. They, My history is really lacking on whatever war reason that they were over. Um, they were brought over then. And that that's how they began here. They're also like the original horse was called the Prowalski horse, which is like really tiny compared to like now horses nowadays. And it's like this beige color and it has like a mane that stands right up and like a black stripe down its back. It's like kind of like if you were to take a donkey's kind of coloring and like the size of a zebra and like put them together. That's kind of oh shit. The mic you just <laughs> hate it with a passion. You know, we'll, we'll take bo boxing gloves later on and just you just punch it. There you go. I talk with my hands so much. No, I, so do I. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I thought those things are kind of cool. And then like I like looking up like some of my the riders that I um that I really like admire. I like going in to see what their history was, what they do for their training, what their story was, where they came from. Like the man I bought Loki from, Hugh Graham, like he was telling me about how he got into horses. And he's like, he was driving, to, well, he's in the school bus. He wasn't driving. He was being taken to school one day when he was like 10 years old. And he saw a horse outside and was like, I need to be there right now and got off the bus. And the rest was history. <laughs> like that's a that's a pretty cool story. Yeah, that, that's it. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> I was like, all right, you can know what you wanted to do when you're really young and nothing got in your way, not even like recess. The bus driver's like, okay, here, open the door. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, just okay. Lost a child, but okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, another question I had for you is what was your biggest challenge when you first started uh, horseback riding? I don't know if I already asked that, did I? Not quite. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. So yeah, what was your biggest challenge when you first started it? Honestly, like it sounds kind of funny because like I wasn't nervous around horses when I first began I loved it and like like I was pretty good as a child like as a 10 year old girl who'd never like just getting into riding like I was pretty good but getting there was an issue because I couldn't drive and it was not close so having to drag my parents up at like 7 a.m to the barn to take me there that was some major convincing and all my allowance money went to that Tim Hortons I promised I'd buy them when they uh, they took <laughs> me there to this day, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm still paying that <laughs> for sure. So that was definitely like a little one that thing that got in the way a lot. And I guess as I got older and I started driving to Toronto, it was begging the parents for the, the car. That was uh, so logistically, it's not the most ideal sport. Okay. Okay. And I forgot to ask this. Well, actually, I'll, I'll go to another one first. What is your current biggest challenge? So to keep it in order. Okay. Let's keep it in order here. Current biggest challenge. I still get really nervous when I ride a little bit. And that's because I had a really bad crash about two years ago. 
And I stopped riding for a year. I was too scared. I had these panic attacks. I couldn't walk in a barn. Like it was, it was horrible. It was really awful. So now that I'm able to get back on and ride a bit more is better. And I, cause I miss it so much, but it's still kind of always there. I'm still like, you know, I can't have another crash like that. Yo, I don't trust it, which I think is where the whole getting nervous riding other people's horse thing is stemming from. So I think that that has really made me way less brave, made me a little more timid as a rider than I used to be. I'm not sure that's always a bad thing because I was pretty, I was brave to the point on stupid. So, you know, my parents, I think, are a bit happier about this development. Not that I fell, but that I'm a little more cautious. But I personally don't like it. I'm still a little like jumping and you know, horses' feet kind of scare me a little bit because I got stepped on and like it was, so that's a little upsetting. So I'm still working on that. Um, I don't know if it's ever going to going to go away, but hopefully it does. If not, we learn to deal with it and reiterate that, you know, I'm safe. It's going to be fine. Um, I know what I'm doing. It's good. But, you know, it hasn't exactly stopped me from riding now. I'm able to get on and enjoy it now, so. So you have, you're, you're aware. That's pretty much it. As you get older, you're, you're from your experiences. You're like, okay, this happened. I should be aware of this, this, which is a great thing. And it actually builds a better character and increases your knowledge about equestrianism. And that's a good sign of development. If an individual, well, it's not saying you should go through an accident, but just have the experience to go through these things and watch it happen to either someone you know, or it makes you aware. And that's good that you are aware. I'm sorry that it, the accidents <laughs> did happen. I'm very sorry about that. But now as you get older, you're like, okay, well, this is what I should avoid. And yeah. it's, it's a sign of development. And and I, I see it as a positive note. Like I've had a few, I had one near death experience and now I'm like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe, yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll appreciate life a bit more. And I guess yeah. like it's helped because like I can see what I like. I look back now and I understand what went wrong. And as a coach and coaching younger kids, I can see if it's heading in that direction and stop it before it happens. Like they're cantering up to a fence and I know that it's not going to work out. They don't know that yet, but I can tell and be like, hey, we need to circle. Like you need to, something needs to change in this picture because it's going to end badly. So I guess in that way, it's a good thing. And I'm able to help that, help prevent other accidents for other people. Albeit, let's be honest, they're horses, they have minds of their own, so... But speaking of which, uh, so you do coach? Um, I just started coaching with that my friend's place up in Quebec. Um, they needed someone part time to help them coach, so I. And said you're the I, best person to have. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> that, but um, so I have a few lessons that I teach on the weekends. It's um definitely a new experience. It's weird being the one listened to and not the one like being told what to do. And then if I'm like shorten your reins, they're all shortening their reins. I'm like, whoa, like that's super weird. Um, so it's cool. It's, I find it slightly stressful because I'm like, I don't know if I'm teaching them enough or the proper way, but I guess like any coach for any sport, like there's multiple ways and you pick something new from each coach that you learn. So a bit of variety for them is probably a good thing. And it's pushing me out of my comfort zone, which 
I logically know is a good thing, but really <laughs> not a big fan of. So you, you seem like a very comfortable person to be around. You're <gasps> well, very social. You're very open. I wouldn't see why your students wouldn't love to learn I'm from you. You're always smiling. That's a thing. <laughs> I'm uh, glad to hear. <laughs> but speaking of which, uh, students and learning, is there anything you want, any word of advice you'd like to give to anybody that would like to pick it up as a hobby or do it as a career or going to being competitive? Um, first thing, doing it as a career, be prepared to sink a lot of money into it and not getting anywhere. <laughs> so that's a that's a big one that I'm going to pre-warn people. But if you're just in it to ride for fun and everything, there's tons of places, mostly in Quebec around, that are really good for teaching people, them to learn. And even if you're curious about it, like, give it a shot. Like, I think that a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, that looks cool, but I'm kind of scared of horses. And that holds them back. Go at least to the barn and see that there's actually nothing to be afraid of. They're they're timid animals. They're sure they're massive, but their reflex is to run away, right? And they're substantially more scared than you are. So just to try it, it's you'll learn so much. Like there's like I don't even know how to explain how much you're gonna learn about yourself, about the horse, and like they're just so therapeutic, right? Like they're just so good. And I've seen so many people start riding. I used to work at this. Um, place where I taught children with mental and physical disabilities to ride and like the first it was amazing the first time that they came out how scared they were and like how clenched they were and like hanging on for dear life that not even like two months later it was the highlight of their week and like I just wish everyone could experience that like everyone could see that this is a bond this is a sport that really brings out so much in you that I encourage everyone to try now I feel like I have to try, but I, I'm not very coordinated. I know there's a whole body technique on how to do it, right? And you have to. There's move. definitely a. Yeah. You have to sit in a proper position. It's very important, um, mostly because it's good for your balance, and so you feel secure and safe, and you're tight on there. And as a guy, you have that whole extra issue of you want to lean back or you might hurt yourself. That girls don't have. I did not. Oh, okay. Now I see what you're talking yeah. about. I had to think about it for a second. Yeah. So, you know, that one, is, I don't have any advice for that one. But one other thing I can say is all the top writers are men. So, you know, you have no excuse if that's your excuse. Well, until you become a top writer, right? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, I'm going to be cheering for you. Oh, I appreciate that. Um. So do you have any social media links or websites or anything like that you'd like to share about for, of you to of the audience? Me? Yeah. I have like an Instagram page for my ponies that I'm training right now. It's called Flippin' Ponies. I didn't, I meant it as like, you know, flipping like a house. But then I realized like flipping could also. Like, you like just actually flipping a pony? <laughs> yeah, it's like there's so many bad connotations <laughs> with that. I didn't realize until my father pointed out. So that's my little Instagram hashtag that I have. It's just basically all about Milton at this moment because he's the, the first one that I've really documented. So it's just photos of him and videos of him growing up and he's super cute. And then like I'm on like the barn that I coach at, Venturing Hills. So if you just look that up, we have a really awesome Instagram page that the girl I work with uh, does works really hard on making it look really cool and all the fun stuff we do because it's a really awesome place. Like it's a huge mountain that you, cl- you can climb up after you go ride. Just got like a pond you swim in after you ride. You take the horses in the water. It's really sweet. It's so like a day camp. It's a total day camp. It's a giant playground. Um, so that's really awesome. So like those are the two sites that I usually would be on surfing. Well, that's perfect. I'll put that in the description below so you can look her up, follow her. 
give thumbs ups, likes, hearts, or whatever else. Giddy up. I, yeah, giddy up, exactly. <laughs> there is one question I forgot to ask. Do you have any inspirations, as in specific people you look up to, like uh, in a top competitor that absolutely you like? absolutely um my two like people that really um one i look up to his name is mclean ward he's i don't know he's he was number three not too long ago in the world um he rides for the american show jumping team he's just a fantastic rider like everything about this guy's fantastic and he loves his horses like he finishes around and he's like hugging his horse and i just think he's really good and then I had a coach, I talked about her before, Erin Ballard, who I used to be like super scared of when I saw her in the ring. And then I got to know her and she started teaching me and she's the nicest person ever. And she works harder than anybody I know. She rides and she just, I feel like she's never rewarded as she should be. So she's amazing. She's the best rider. She's the best rider I've ever met, hands down, by a landslide. She treats her horses really well. She treats her staff really well. She's super tight with her parents still. They do this as a family still. She's super thankful for everything she has. And she taught me so much. And she's always really like calm and cool. And she knew how to. So she's like someone I think anyone in the horse community should aspire to be. And they're both Canadian or? She's Canadian. He's American. Okay. We won't hold that against him. No, 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 no. We're all family <laughs> in the end. And another question I forgot to ask that just popped up in my head. I know they're coming in blitz. Is this something that you see yourself doing for many years to come? As in, until you're in your 80s? Well, that's, I don't know if there are those. Yo, if I can of... make it into my 80s still riding, for sure. Is that common? I'll probably be, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> I think you start getting some hip replacements yeah. and swinging your leg over becomes a little difficult. Okay, so I mean, like, so I guess later <laughs> on, is it something that you see, like, teaching other people, coaching, and stuff I like that? I think I'll probably always be riding all my life. I think I couldn't let it go. There's just... I love it so much that it's totally what I want to be doing all the time. Whether I'll be coaching or not, I'm leaning towards the probably not part. Um, but definitely I'll always have horses. Maybe when I'm older and retired, I'll work in a barn and be the person, the stable manager or something and still get to be around them and ride around a bit. But for sure, I think they'll always be in my life. Well, that's great. It's a passion and you want to keep it around you. It makes you happy. It makes you calm and it makes life tolerable. Um, one thing I do tend to do on this show is I throw the question back to you where I would ask you, do you have any questions for me about horseback riding? So when are you coming to ride? Um, <laughs> well, what kind of equipment would I need first? Do, uh, I'm thinking a helmet. Yes. Probably helmet. And some nice heeled boots. I do not have heeled boots, but, uh. Like cowboy boots would you just find? I'll have to go buy some cowboy boots. Um, where yeah. would be the, where do you do your training it, so i would know if i ever do come um we're at a stable in valdemont right now um it's pretty it's cute it's awesome so it's only like a 40 minute drive from my house which isn't bad so that's where we go it's owned by a fantastic barn manager and there's a couple horses there um so i actually bring some of my friends up to come ride it's really good it's nice and close by so you'll have no excuse you pass the tim hortons on the way i'm really good at paying for people's tim hortons at this point and still <laughs> since i was 10 years old so there you go. I'll bring I'll bring the Tim Hortons. You're, you're doing this for me. Um, is it indoors or outdoors? Because if it's outdoors, do I need to? If it's almost winter time, would I need to wear a giant jacket? Or? Well, I would definitely recommend wearing a giant jacket, whether it's inside or outside at this time. Because the indoor arena that we have, first off, you have to walk there. It's not attached to the barn. It's just really frustrating in the dark and when it's cold. It's not fun. Um, but the arena is actually usually colder than it is outside. 
It's just basically a giant metal box with lights and we just got a stereo so we can blast the tunes. So that's sweet. Um, so no, I'd recommend wearing a jacket for sure this time of year. If we're going outside, maybe a scarf and another jacket because it's going to be cold with the wind. Um, helmet, boots, jeans. Don't wear sweatpants. Sweatpants are really bad to wear. Really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know. Uh, is there a reason why? They just kind of rub your legs. Then you get like, it's like carpet burn basically on your legs. So when you're riding, your legs are kind of moving, right? So they'll just start rubbing the friction. Well, you'll get this big uh, rash, which really hurts. Especially when you get in the shower because you're cold after the barn and the hot water on it. <sighs> it's bad news all, all around. Oh, so, yeah. So jeans are the best thing to wear. Jeans are the best option. Okay, perfect. And... Is there any type of stretching? I know I'm, I asked you to ask me the question, but now I'm asking questions to prepare myself <laughs> to come there. Is there anything I should do to prepare as in physically type of like exercise or try to practice emotion? I, I'm very new to this, so I'm trying to figure out how to prepare myself mentally and physically. I think mostly like your first time you're going to ride, you probably should do a little walk, a little trot. And you can't really prepare yourself for the muscles you're going to be using because these muscles you don't use in any other sport. Like, when are you going to use the inside of your thighs and your calves? Breaking walnuts. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> practice maybe breaking some walnuts with your knees. I'll also be really impressed if you can do that. I'll call Guinness Book World of Records right away. Um, that would probably be a good idea. Um, you know, you could sit up, practice, you know, sitting up straight because you just sit up posture. None of the slouching business because um, that's very important. Um, I had one other, but now I can't remember what it was. Oh, mentally preparing yourself. So. Really just breathe and relax. If you get on their stress, the horse is going to feel that you're stressed and get all nervous and be like, okay, this person's stressed. There must be a reason. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to start getting all nervous too. If you literally just get on there, take a deep breath, give them a pat, kind of wiggle around and get comfortable, you'll be set. You'll be fine. Okay. Okay. And I'm the type of guy, if I am nervous, I try to talk down the other person in the sense, it's okay. It's okay. We're, we're good. We're good. In the soft yeah. voice, but in my mind, I'm like, all right. Let's do this. And my face is completely calm. Yeah. My mind's like, all right, just don't panic yourself. Make sure the horse is calm because if you panic, he sees it or they, she sees it. It's bad news for everybody. Exactly. Sing them a song. I used to sing Loki songs all the time. And it calms them down. They just like to hear your voice. So, so I have all the information. Um, I'm going to ask for the more details later on as in where it is and when is it usually open? Um, so it basically is open all the time. Like a person lives on the farm, so you know, don't show up at nine o'clock at night and spend five hours there. They won't be so keen about that. Um, you also don't want to show up around like four o'clock when they get fed, and then what time around like eight in the morning when they get fed in the morning, because you don't want to ride your horse, feed your horse, and then ride your horse, because that's really bad for their intestines, right? That's gonna make them sick. That's gonna make them colic. Just really bad, really bad. Um, so you know, avoid those kinds of times. Other than that, it's fair game whenever you're ready. And it's open to the public or is it uh, more of a private club? This one is a private one. Okay. So you have to go with someone who's boarding there or have talked to the person and be like, hey, I'm coming up. I want to take a look at it. Um, the one I work at, Venturing Hills, is not pro is public. So you can come up, ask for a few lessons. They'll uh, get you a pony or a horse to ride in your case because you're a little tall for a pony. Um and I'm, I'm short at heart. You're short at heart. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, and yeah, you can just go up and they have a bunch of school horses. Like there's a bunch of people always there keeping busy. It's a really awesome environment. Do they have a website that people might, listeners, if they're in the area, could find? Venturinghills.com. There you go. Venturinghills.com. Straight, straightforward like that. 
So yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you, Julia, for coming on the show and sharing your passion of equestrianism and horse riding. Same thing to the listeners. I hope they learned something new. I definitely did. I'm nervous just thinking about it because I don't have the best balance, <laughs> but um, I w- will take you up on that offer. You'll be great. I have no doubt. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so if you'd like to find Julia, yeah, I'll put all the description below on her website. Not sorry, not website, Instagram and hey. stuff like that. <laughs> and if you'd like to be on the show, you could send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. So until the next episode, make make some time for your hobby. (laughs) Take care.